0: Volume 2, Chapter 3 of Mrs. Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter 3. I'd rather in the centre of the earth be closed deep to dig my upward way to the far distant light than stay me thus, and looking round upon my bounded state, say, This is all. Joanna Bailey What letters love were you reading when I came into the room inquired Arthur listlessly of his wife after having affectionately embraced and condoled with her on the increased languor of her looks Nothing very interesting only some old papers replied Marian the paleness of her cheek giving place to a rising blush as she attempted to thrust them still farther under the pillow of the sofa They looked like letters no only bills papers how long have you been in riding over from spalding court and what did you settle with the duchess about our visit nothing as soon as you are strong enough to leave home i am to write and let her know replied arthur still with a marital instinct keeping his eye on the pillow of the sofa but if you came away so early resumed marian although her husband had not alluded to the hour of his departure i am afraid you had no breakfast did you stop at lord rotherham's no i cut straight across the country to save time but wyndham Spalding's italian fellow brought me a cup of coffee and a roll in my own room before i set off of course i did not choose to disturb the family by my unreasonable hours and still he kept his eye on the cushion i fancy the Spaldings keep up all their london hours and habits in the country resumed marian the Duchess struck me, the morning she was here, as the most completely Londonized, fashionized person I ever beheld. Yes, odious, that is, charming, very agreeable house, very amusing people, replied Arthur, in an absent, preoccupied manner, and vexed with himself for not daring to ask his wife, in a straightforward way, to show him the papers but nothing is so difficult as to be straightforward when the person you love and desire to love seems inclined to equivocate the next minute the nurse previously summoned brought in the baby and mrs arthur in the delight of exhibiting the wonders of improvement which a lapse of twenty-four hours had wrought in her darling forgot her secret hoard while she rose from the sofa to gratify the infant with the brighter light of the window arthur quietly drew forth a handful of yellow soiled manuscripts written in an old-fashioned italian hand which he seemed vaguely to recognise there were figures and dates mingled with the writing the papers were probably what marian had asserted old very old bills what did you find in this rubbish to interest you and why did you put aside the papers when i came in he now inquired when marian turning round saw the roll in his hand his natural ingenuousness returning the moment his jealous suspicions were relieved because i thought you might be angry with me for reading them instead of giving them at once to your mother replied marian with equal frankness mrs macklin found them in a recess of the old ebony press of which she begged the use for the nursery they seem to be of no consequence we may as well burn them They would not have been left in the press had they been worth preserving. True. I will burn them in my own room, said Arthur. It is so hot a day that the blaze might incommode you. Give them to Matlin to burn. There's a fire in the nursery. Never give papers to servants to burn, said Arthur carelessly. At best they lose their time, which is yours, trying to gratify their curiosity by deciphering what cannot be of the slightest importance to them. At worst, they set fire to the chimney. And he put the papers into his pocket a word or two had met his eye which excited his curiosity, and striking must the word have been which arrested his attention at such a moment for on entering marian's room the utmost effervescence of human petulance was fretting in his bosom, but there was something in the feminine youthfulness of her appearance and manner, especially just then enhanced by the first expansion of motherly feeling peculiarly calculated to turn away ruth she was mild pale low-voiced very different from the affected parisian belle whose nervous tone of over-excitement had so roused the prejudices of mrs armytage however much the daughter of jack baltimore and the niece of mrs dyke robsey there was nothing vulgar or offensive in marian she wanted only tact to become a charming woman How small a deficiency in a wife! "'I have had letters from home this morning,' said she, "'having apparently already forgotten Arthur's appropriation of Mrs Macklin's discoveries. "'Your family are well?' "'Quite well, but evidently hurt that they saw so little of you while you were in town. "'I must write and explain to them how completely you were engrossed by your parliamentary duties.' "'Parliamentary duties? Alas!' how vast a screen has that pretext afforded to the faults and follies of husbandkind they are all dying to see little harriet continued marian and mamma says that if bob and jem had not been sent home from parson's green with the measles she would have got into the mail as soon as she heard of my safety and come down to have a peep at us arthur offered secret thanks to the hygiea presiding over the preparatory schools of the metropolis for having preserved him from so great an evil while his wife continued but it was all for the best for my uncle and aunt robsey who are tired of cheltenham and ramsgate intend coming to the north this autumn and making the tour of buxton matlock and harrogate they had better confine themselves to derbyshire interrupted arthur derbyshire is the most picturesque country in england i am sure they would delight in derbyshire But I do not think my aunt cares very much for scenery she likes stir and bustle and has heard that the derbyshire bathing-places are dull quite a mistake i assure you buxton is extremely gay all the people from liverpool manchester and birmingham frequent buxton there are plenty of balls the place will just suit her i hope not said marian innocently for she has promised to come on as far as scarborough and take a house large enough to hold us all one of the best in the place and we are to go over and spend a month with her. I'm sure the sea air will be of great service to baby. My dear love, the baby requires no service. I never saw a more healthy child. So Mrs Macklin says, the finest she ever nursed, much the finest. Still, I think I should like to go to Scarborough. You forget your visit to the Spaldings," said Arthur. Oh, no, I would not on any account give up my visit to the Spaldings but it need not interfere with the scarborough plan for my aunt and uncle have determined to time their tour so as to be here for doncaster races papa you know comes down every year to the races and this time they will all come together only think how delightful and arthur did think and with a face rueful as the professional countenance of the expounder of sepulchral emblems in westminster abbey The idea of presenting his pretty little wife to his mother's friends, and the aristocratic world of Yorkshire, surrounded by Robsey's, Jack Baltimore's, and Tom Warleys, rather emigrate at once to the Illinois or Swan River. "'And what have you said?' in reply to all these schemes, he inquired in a hesitating voice, "'that I could decide on nothing till I had consulted you.' and i on nothing till i have learned what are my mother. he was going to add my mother's plans for the autumn but at that moment his heart revolted against the servility of the phrase do you not think that as the day is so fine i might take a drive this morning inquired marian who was still loitering near the windows with her child in her arms certainly a drive would strengthen you and do you good I do so want to have a peep at the tenants feast celestine says it is a triste affaire nothing but beef and beer no swings no merry-go-rounds no pains d'epices as they have at the fete in france still i should really like to see the people enjoying themselves why did you not accompany my mother if you wished for a drive inquired arthur with a misgiving heart i did not think of it replied his wife but the colour rose self-accusingly on her pale cheek. "'You did not choose it, you mean,' said Arthur, smiling and shaking his head with a reproving gesture. "'No, indeed, I should have liked it beyond anything,' cried Marion. "'But entre nous, Sophia hinted to me that Mrs. Armitage did not wish it—' "'Not wish for your company? "'A very officious suggestion of Sophia's. "'Why should she suppose any such thing?' "'Ah—' do not call any action of your sister's officious exclaimed marian gently replacing her sleeping child in its bersonette and taking a place on the sofa close beside her husband i assure you it was with a most mournful face and with tears in her eyes that sophie whispered to me her advice not to propose sending down the child into the village or joining the party unless you arrived in time to give me your arm how strange how unaccountable mused arthur not strange or unaccountable on the part of sophia resumed his wife sophia would do and has done everything in her power to spare me a moment's mortification if you did but know how kind how very kind she was during your absence in london when i was out of spirits and perhaps a little out of temper sitting with me hour after hour talking or silent as pleased me best reading to me singing to me just as my fancies were inclined dear good girl ejaculated arthur pleased with his sister and scarcely less with the cordial testimony of his wife and then she took such pains in her mild quiet way to prevent my saying and doing things that that she hesitated well that might prejudice your mother against me you know how very apt mrs armytage is to take exception about trifles and you know how very disagreeable she can make herself when she is displeased indeed i do cried arthur with some energy roused for the first time to consciousness of all his wife might have had to encounter from the arbitrary temper of mrs armytage but surely situated as you were she could not have ventured to treat you with harshness "'I have always lived with such warm-hearted, kind people,' replied Marion, "'that I scarcely know what the word harshness means. "'But her coldness and uncommunicativeness seemed like harshness to me. "'I wanted someone to cheer me and talk to me like a mother, "'being away from my own friends. "'But when I was ill and unhappy, "'she used still to call me Madam and Mrs. Arthur Armitage, "'so that I did not dare even comfort myself by crying in her presence.' "'That was hard,' said Arthur, trying to smile, "'as he affectionately kissed his wife, "'not liking to see how much he was touched by her ingenuous simplicity. "'Indeed, I felt it so at the time, "'but thank goodness it is all over now, "'only I am afraid that I shall never cease to feel "'what I have felt from the first, a stranger in this house.' beautiful as holywell is and much beyond any place where i have ever lived you cannot think how desolate it makes me feel i would much rather reside with you in any farmhouse on the estate whims and fancies cried arthur again striving to smile you are vexed just now at sophia's hint about the fate i dare say it was only a mistake no mistake i know i am very stupid and know nothing of the world lady arabella you remember used always to be laughing at what she called my want of tact still i have observation enough to be aware that mrs armytage is dreadfully mortified at your marriage with an insignificant person like myself when she wanted you to choose lady laura Greta, lady laura greta interrupted arthur inconsiderately why it was my mother and my mother alone who prevented the match we should have married years ago if my mother had not all but forbidden me to enter lord rotherham's house i went into the army chiefly to get out of the way of being bullied about greta castle no no my dear marian he continued quite unconscious of the pain he had inflicted set your heart at ease on that score nothing would have annoyed mrs armytage half so much as to see me married to a woman of a rank superior to her own marian now drew so deep a sigh that her husband turned towards her, and was struck by the variability of her complexion. "'I really believe you do want air,' said he, good-naturedly. "'After Sophia's hint, however, do not let us think of the feast or the village. If Mrs. Macklin will give you leave, put on your bonnet, and we will try a stroll in the shrubberies.'" End of Volume 2, Chapter 3